Welcome to Retail Nightmares Podcast. My name is Alicia Tobin. I'm here with my co-host, Jessica Delisle. Hello. Hi. How's it going, Jessica? Great. <laughs> uh, we rarely have to do this, but we had to restart the podcast because I ruined it within the first minute. Um, <laughs> we're here with a very special guest. Uh, it's first time on our podcast. Very exciting. He is a local celebrity. It's writer Sean Cranberry. Why, hello. Thank you for uh, inviting me. And uh, Hank's profile is glorious. Oh, well, yeah. He is a beautiful boy. Hank is here, too. Boy. I wish I didn't put on the sweater. I didn't know that Hank would be sitting <laughs> on me the entire podcast. And he is like a hot water bottle. Oh, he's so sweet. Uh, Sean, you have a pet, right? Yeah, we uh, my partner, Carly and I, we have a, um, a, a, a bunny. What's his bunny's name? And Bunny's name is Oliver, and oh. Oliver is of indeterminate gender. Oh, that happens a lot with rabbits. Yeah, yeah. No one can see. No, none of the professionals we've consulted can uh, agree on uh, on a gender, so we're cool with it. Uh, Oliver uh, is. Uh, we think it's a she, so it's her name. Um, but also they. But yeah, Oliver is sleeping or creating some sort of mischief under. Uh, under the shelf. <laughs> yeah. How long have you had a rabbit for? And is this your first rabbit? It's my first rabbit. Um, but uh, Carly is a rabbit pro. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has had many rabbits and is teaching me all sorts of things about uh, rabbits. And uh, it, like, I'm more of a cat guy. Yeah. So I've had a lot of cats in, in my past. And um, the thing about rabbits is they're even more still than cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 amazing to witness yeah they're yeah they're, they're really cute they're prey <laughs> yeah 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 they're they're like um love to hide they love to hide they love uh to go outside on our like very small balcony and basically um antagonize the crows and there's a gray squirrel that happens by every once in a while sometimes it seems like a fairy tale kind of like a Walt Disney <laughs> scenario happening outside but other times we're like get the hell inside because there's this crow that is staring at you and uh looks vengeful yeah they can be big yeah and rabbits can be small <laughs> Welcome to the Genius Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Large, small. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> but um, Oliver is getting larger. Oh. That's good. Well, if they happen to walk past you, could you please pick Oliver up and show us? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can witness me getting clawed to death while <laughs> be great. Okay, nope. Then I apologize. I was afraid of rabbits until pretty recently because I had really? been at attacked by a rabbit when I was like a kid. Oh, whoa. Why, uh, how did that, did it just like leap at you? <laughs> yeah, I w used to dog pet sit, unprovoked pet sit for my friend when her family went away. And they had two rabbits, a cat, and a beautiful golden lab named Lady. And yeah, I've always been that like kid and full grown adult that will help out in those situations. And the rabbits were aggressive with strangers. And I was trying to feed them and sweep at the same time. And the rabbit just kind of chased me. And so I just kind of gently would lift the rabbit away with the broom and then keep doing things. It scared me because they're so fragile. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you could like, if a dog wants to wrestle or play, like you've got a chance, but 
you can't, you know, you can't wrestle a rabbit, manhandle a rabbit. There's just like skin and bones. Yeah. So, yeah, I just was felt very vulnerable and very at a loss. And uh, until recently, like I just always felt like really nervous around them. But I, I think I'm OK now. Like I wouldn't well, feel nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. She's only really like that with people she didn't know. Her name was Narisa. It's so strange that I can remember that from so many years ago, like, you know, like 30 years ago. I remember this rabbit's name. What an amazing name for a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, she's really pretty. And the other rabbit's name, of course, was Thumper. Classic. <laughs> so, yeah, Thumper was a little bit friendlier. Um, and I also think that they thought Thumper was a boy and Thumper was a girl. Uh, they happens? found out because Thumper was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dead giveaway, right? <laughs> yeah. Amy Sedaris's rabbit is is male and named Tina. And she only found out like 10 years into to, uh, owning Tina. So... It happens. Yeah, it totally happens. I'm a fan of Amy's work. Oh, Hell yeah. Me, me too. <laughs> She's my patron saint. I love her. Uh, speaking of patron saints, do you want to do a round of <laughs> all-time all god of this podcast, uh, Retail Nightmares? Yeah. It was a really tough segue. And yeah, I didn't, you, I didn't, you, you stuck yeah, with it. <laughs> I did. It was. I was like on a razor. <laughs> and I tried to jump up on a sidewalk and I just fell over. A razor scooter? Yeah. <laughs> They're making a comeback. I know. I think it's anything to not be on the train. That's true, yeah. They're yeah. also just cool as heck. They're fucking rad. <laughs> They're getting- really Hella cool. <laughs> so great. Are you um, rocking a razor in the the sleet and rain of, of November Vancouver? November I would rain? never. No. <laughs> no, I don't have a razor scooter. I used to when I was a teen. I would respect it if you were still doing it, though. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, no, I can't have anyone knowing I'm still a virgin. <laughs> uh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Wait, hang on. I think I got it. Speaking of virgins... Um, <laughs> Do you want to tell us your first retail nightmare of the show, Sean? Uh, my first? Uh, sure. I, I, you know, if we're going to talk, I, I did used to work at Virgin Megastore uh, back in the back in the day when we had one here in Vancouver and it, and it wasn't a, um, it's, uh, it was right on the corner, uh, Victoria's Secret. It's a Victoria's yeah. Secret now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria's Secret with elevators uh, or with escalators. <laughs> escalators, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. That is amazing. And it's so much better than the HMV, which is basically the least sexy place to buy anything. I don't know. DVDs are pretty cool. They got that hole in the middle. <laughs> yeah. You can pick up like a cheap Sammy Hagar DVD. It's amazing. Very sexy. I worked at, at, um, at Virgin there for a while and I was on the phone one afternoon and um a friend of mine uh, called me up and uh, somehow we, he patched, he was patched through and I was standing on the sales floor upstairs in the records section where they actually had uh, physical records. And I was talking with him and we were making plans on where to meet later on that night. And a customer walked by and he was like, Hey, what's the new boy George record sound like? And I was like, I don't know. I'll ask my friend who's on the phone who knows things about music and I said, hey, Luke, listen, uh, what's the new Boy George uh, record sound like? And he goes, gay house. And I said, gay house. <laughs> and the man looked at me and I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wasn't so much of a nightmare as just like a weird sequence. <laughs> also just sounds like a place where I want to live. Gay house. Yeah, right. it does sound nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that record genre. was really great. 
Yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to listen to it now. Uh, but I mean, in terms of actual nightmares, I guess we're kind of living through one because I'm back working in uh, in retail and I'm working at a bookshop called Pulp Fiction on, on Main Street uh, near Broadway. And so what we have now, especially with the lockdown, is uh, people who are, you know, the mask mandate. So people who are coming in and without a mask and, and you have to be like, oh, I'm sorry, you have to leave. We, you know, this is a, a place of business where we need to make sure that everyone's uh, safe. And some people are <laughs> like, are you are, 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 are you discriminating against me? And there's some fairly weak stuff like where people will uh, turn around and be upset, but they won't show you to your face. So they will just like scream Heil as they leave. What? Back. <laughs> yeah. wow. As they exit the store, they're like, ha, a blow for the revolution has been struck. Wow. Yeah. Um, but we did have one uh, person who came in uh, last week and she was trying to order some books, which happens. But she wasn't wearing a mask. This is just around the time where the mat mandate was about to be official. And she um, she wanted to order a collection of Breitbart essays. Ooh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what a mouthful that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, have you got the new collection of Breitbart? I'm like, oh no, we don't. Um, and nor will we ever. And she was also wondering whether or not we had uh, Candace Owens. I believe there's there's like some sort of person who is uh, highly opinionated, uh, whose name is Candace Owens. And at that point, it wasn't me who was taking the order; it was my boss. And he was like, "Can you put on a mask?" <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, I I have a medical exemption." For this and he's like no that doesn't exist and uh when that when when that option failed her she was she started quoting the canadian um charter of rights and freedoms sure 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 good thing to quote yeah yeah, yeah. and at that point uh my boss just kind of walked around the desk opened the door and showed her out wow <laughs> your boss sounds cool yeah 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 he's pretty good he's pretty good but like the oh man like the <laughs> Most people are really good, right? Most people are really, really excellent in this time of uncertainty and and uh, yeah. pandemic stuff. But there's always like uh, folks who just walk in and it's like they're taunting you. They want a reaction from you. They want to be wronged, I guess, in some way. Yeah. And then you just have to show them out. And then, uh, I guess all I'm, uh, I would liken that to a nightmare insofar as we have been living through one for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, little, a little bit. Quite a while. It yeah. counts as a nightmare under any circumstances, um, for sure. And it's really gross. Like, the store is so small. I was in there maybe three weeks ago, and I did order a book from you, which I still haven't picked up. But I paid for it. I paid for it, so I'm, I don't feel as guilty about that. The pharmacy <laughs> keeps calling me about a medication I haven't picked up for a month. And I'm like, I still have some. I'm fine. But they've called five times, and it's really not that far. It's just, I don't really want to go to the pharmacy. Don't um, know if you don't have but it's to. really small bookstore because there's so many books. Like it's big, but it's filled with it's chock a block with great books, and um, there's just no room to social distance in there. No, it's true. Yeah, so that woman can fuck right off uh, <laughs> and die in Nazi hell. Can I can I tell you uh, an actual nightmare situation? Speaking of like um, repeated phone calls and bookstores simultaneously. 
My um, my earliest, most nightmarish uh, retail nightmare is that I, in this the bookstore I worked at when I was like 19, 20 years old back in Ontario, um, there was a book. Uh, I can't remember what it was called right now, but it was a book about self-assisted suicide. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. It was really, really controversial. And it was on all of the, t- like Zosky was talking about, it was on all of the talk radios of the early 90s or whatever it was. And uh, so needless to say, it was super um, popular and people would call in and order uh, copies of that book. So we had like tons and tons of special orders for this book. And so my job uh, at the store was to call people when their books came in. And of course, you know, people come in and pick up their books right away and some don't. And then this one woman (laughs) just never bothered coming around to pick up her book. And, you know, as a fairly doltish young male in the 90s, I was like, God damn it. So I just kept calling and kept calling. And eventually uh, this woman's daughter-in-law picked up the phone. And I was like, hi, calling from this bookstore and, uh, you know, Miriam or Mildred or uh, hasn't picked up the book and uh, just wondering when she's going to come by. And she's like, what was the book? What, uh, what, uh, what, uh, and I was like, oh, it's, uh, it's this book from the Hemlock Society and it's a book on self-assisted suicide. And then it went on from there. That's probably my most prolonged retail nightmare is remembering that conversation. Yikes. Yeah. Grim. Yeah, of course. I thought I looked it up when we were uh, when we were chatting uh, th- that it was the Kevorkian book, but it wouldn't have been because that was no, physi- physician assisted. But that was like such a hot topic back then. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just so awkward. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to bring down the vibe on that. No, but no, like, this is the right podcast for that. It's funny because I would never think about stuff like that where you'd have to order books like that, like before the internet was, you know, wide, widely available. You couldn't just go to your weird niche blogs. You would have to <laughs> pester your local bookseller to get your weird your weird things and have weird conversations that were awkward with, with family members like that. Yeah. It still happens. I mean, that's one of the things that bookstores do, right? It's like, as a, uh, you know, we can order books like Delilah Kirk. Uh, we can order books from all over the, the world and for all kinds of people. And it's, it's an, in, it, most of it is just super popular topical stuff like everyone wants the the book by the person who won the giller or the booker or whatever but often um there's really really interesting books that are ordered that you've never seen before that come from a particular niche and then you know the the person comes in to buy the book and you're like oh (laughs) (laughs) those people so interesting so personal i love it i love it it's, I was yeah. really surprised. I've never special ordered a book before. I special ordered the Delilah Dirk second version, uh, whatever it's called. Uh, and I was like, this is so it's not for me. Um, this is so much easier than buying it and waiting for it to come in the mail. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you're, you're, like a very, you're a very good aunt. <laughs> yeah. I hope that they like it. Um, I've given those books to lots of lots of children. So. Yeah, that's really very sad and very funny. And the 90s was such a weird time because it was right before the internet happened. Like it was happening, but it hadn't happened in stores yet in many ways. Like, you know, you could look things up, but you couldn't buy things yet. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it took like 45 minutes to download a JPEG. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was on dial up and you're yeah. just like, well, what's the big deal with this bullshit? Yeah, it's so slow. Um, do you love selling books? I feel like it like you must love selling books if you've been selling books for so long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, I do. I like books yeah. uh, and I like uh, connecting books with people and I like, like I like what people are thinking and what they're reading. And, you know, for a long time, like between when I worked at Virgin, I worked at a little store called Sophia, which was like the foreign language, Japanese uh, graphic novel bookstore down across Beach Street. That was a cool spot. But then, uh, well, the economy crashed and uh, e-books happened and everyone freaked out and all the bookstores went away. And and not all of them. (laughs) No, not all of them, for sure. But I, I kind of felt like I would never work at one again. And so, like, I started a radio show podcast called Books on the Radio. And then I uh, started, like, Real Vancouver Writers Series. So, like, I've always tried to be involved. But I never, ever really thought that I would work in a bookshop again because I didn't think that they could uh, properly pay. Oh, yeah. Also, you didn't think that you would be uh, bored out of your mind in the middle of a pandemic, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, like July, uh, June, July of this year was for me, I mean, uh, like when you work from home is that, or work with a computer where you're staring at a screen all day, like how many times are you checking Twitter to see what bullshit has occurred within the last seven seconds? <laughs> I had to put limits on my phone. Like I have like a, basically a child's lock on my phone. <laughs> Like a breathalyzer. Yeah, Yeah, it's just like I get a five minute warning and I only get a few of those a day to get off of Instagram. Twitter, I'm a little bit better with. But yeah, Instagram is like just constant triggering. Yeah. Like between all of the like $800 sweaters and sustainable overalls that are advertised to me. And then like the, you know, amount of loss that people are you know, suffering. It's real weird, weird landscape for my brain. And I wasn't smart. Jessica's curated this really beautiful, happy feed. And mine is just like things I can't afford and people I don't like. Mm. Um. <laughs> you can just mute people. It's great. You don't even have to unfollow them. Just mute them. I have so many people I hit, muted. I hit a mute button so hard on Twitter the other day. And I was <laughs> like, why didn't I do this? Like five months ago when this person was just yeah driving right. me bonkers. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, you got two strikes yeah. with me. That's great. Then you're muted. You haven't muted me yet, I hope. I'd like to know more about like sustainable overalls. It's like <laughs> I'll send you I'll send you the um beton linen ones that I look at all the time. Please, yeah. yeah. And then you'll say like, oh, okay, I see why she's triggered. Um <laughs> unfollow, mute. Yeah, mute, mute. I did unfollow. I unfollowed. Um, Jessica, do you have a retail experience dream or a nightmare to share with us? Yeah, it's just an experience. Um okay. I was I got a weird call from a weird number, so I didn't answer it. And then the message sounded like it was a spam call, but it was actually FedEx saying that I needed to pay duty on a on a order that I had placed that's coming from the States. And so I tried looking online to find a way to pay it, but because I didn't have an invoice number, I couldn't pay it. So I I had to call. So I phoned the number and the woman who answered the phone was just sounded so 
utterly exhausted <laughs> already <laughs> that she she just stopped being able to communicate and she was like what I've lost my words I don't know and I was like oh my god like I just felt so bad for her and she was like do you know the num the amount that you have to pay? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, good. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to like give her, put a blanket around her and give her a nice yeah. hot cup of tea and be like, you don't, you don't have to answer calls anymore. <laughs> like, just let, just let people pay online. I didn't want to talk to anyone either. Anyway, yeah. so she's having the nightmare. I was just a, an, an observer. Like all of these places like UPS, Canada Post, uh, U.S. Post, whatever they're called, and FedEx and all the Amazon drivers have been o completely overworked for the past 10 months. So they've had no reprieve. And now, like they already had done all their hiring to probably scale up for consumer demand. And now they're hiring again. Yeah. To just get through Christmas. Holiday season. Yeah. It's bonko. And I just, yeah, I need to stop buying things because like it takes two months to get here and then it gets here and you're like I feel nothing inside <laughs> I just had that experience when I unwrapped my Ikea new bedding and it took me I ordered a king size duvet because I want to get a queen size bed soon and I was like okay well measuring that makes sense but then I didn't realize like I am one person who's five five <laughs> and I have to now put a duvet cover with a poodle who would not get off of it. <laughs> and oh. I have to be very gentle with him. So, yeah. And then when it was on the bed, there was like this little mark from laundry detergent on it. And I'm like, well, it's ruined now. <laughs> like all of this for nothing. This, the poor FedEx driver. Um, it's weird. Like it's, it's joyless. Shopping has become joyless. Yeah. Uh, and also in my retail nightmare case, unpredictable and perhaps a small financial loss. Okay, so this is the story that you hinted at last week. We get to hear the full story now. Yeah, so I've wanted a duffel coat for maybe six or seven years. My friend Warren, past guest, has this beautiful Hudson's Bay, like 100% full, like wool men's duffel coat. And you know that men's clothing is nicer than women's clothing. It's always better made, thicker <laughs> fabrics, uh, nicer jeans, like the whole thing. So whenever he wears this coat, like I salivate. I want <laughs> this coat. But his coat was like a really steep investment, like half my rent sort of steep investment, like really wow. a really big deal. He's had it for over a decade. I think it was well worth it, but I'm not going to spend that kind of money. So he was helping me find something similar in my price range. And then he kind of abandoned me after many days of answering questions. <laughs> and one day I actually happened when we were on the podcast, I found it online for 130 Canadian, which is a great price because it's normally 350 pounds. Or something crazy. Yeah. So I was like, I'm buying this coat right now. And after I bought it, I was like, oh, shit. I had this weird thing on, on the invoice where my billing address and my shipping address were the same when it should have been different because I've never bothered to change my <laughs> billing address since I moved. And so I contacted the seller and realized that their website was not a legitimate website. Oh, no. <laughs> like I had missed all the fucking warning signs. The number one warning sign was you're not going to find a $500 coat for $130, number one. And I'm a really, really thrifty shopper. Everyone knows me, contacts me. I find everything for less. I found jeans my friend wanted. They're $200 at the store and $50 at Nordstrom. What? So like, I'm really good at finding deals. So it didn't occur to me that this wasn't a legitimate website. So I go to try and contact. And by the way, the coat looks exactly like Paddington Bear. 
Like I'm just gonna look like Paddington Bear. That's, That's my what look. I'm imagining. Yeah, I can't wait. Get a rain hat. And I messaged the um, email, and the email is just someone's personal email on the website. And I'm like, oh, I'm so fucked. It's like uh, biznatch at gmail.com or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I write, and I was like, hey, like I just want to double check because like everything looked fine on my end, but and now in my account it says the wrong address. And they wrote back, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you haven't given us enough information to answer your question. I'm like, well, I've given you the order number, my name and my address, so that should be enough. And so I send a message through PayPal. I pay through PayPal because last year after Uniqlo order, somebody emptied out my bank account. Anyways, um, I got it all back. Um, (laughs) It wasn't a lot either. So emptied out my bank account, only took a few transactions. The story goes really long. I'm very sorry. I'm a terrible comedian. Uh, I'll try and punch it up. So I messaged back the woman's email and I was like, hey, like, I just want to double check. Like, this is this seems a bit odd. And I want to confirm that everything is and I'm being polite at this point. I don't hear back from her. So I messaged the person through PayPal that I paid. And then I go back to the website and they've changed the email address. Oh, (laughs) on the website for customer service. And I'm like, I'm so fucked. Uh, So I created a case with PayPal and was like, I think that I'm getting ripped off here. And right away, the person I didn't realize this, but like the seller lives in China. So there's a time difference. And I didn't Ah. realize that the website looked like it was from Quebec. Oh, like the way. Yeah, like totally looked like it was a Canadian website. And I took the reviews from the website and put them into Google. And they had cut and pasted them from Amazon from seven years ago. Weird. So there's all this stuff going on. If I had just clicked on one link, someone was like, don't you think this website's a bit too good to be true? But I was tired. I wasn't sleeping. I really wanted this coat. And by the way, I found the coat for a great price in the U.S. Could have just sent it to my dad, tortured my poor 75-year-old dad, get him to mail it to me. Still, (laughs) Still a little baby. So the seller wrote back sort of angrily. He's like, it's coming to your address. Just give it time. And I was like, okay, like you do have to give them the opportunity to deliver it before you can start the process of maybe getting your money back, which is also very difficult. And so I checked the tracking number a few times and it said it was on its way. And today I looked at it and it said it had been delivered to Surrey. (laughs) So how did they get that address? There's a couple of things. I talked to the people at Canada Post. They have amazing customer service. Just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And she said that she was able to find the parcel and that the address is wrong. And that's why it was delivered to Surrey. And so she's, she said the postal code was wrong. But there is no matching address in Surrey. So the postal code must have been really wrong. But like, I'm sure it said Vancouver on there. That's so weird to just deliver to a totally different city that I'm sure you did not ever write Surrey on the address. Yeah, but she's going to try and get it redirected to me. Uh, and at which point, when I open it up and find out it's just sawdust or whatever, <laughs> like I have gotten so many great deals online. I've never, ever been scammed. This, this is the only time it happens to me. Like my lesson will be learned. It's not like an amount of amount of money I can't recover from. So it's just I really miss all the warning signs. Really curious to see, like, is this a knockoff jacket? Is it just a is bag of feathers? Six inches tall. That's what I've been thinking too. It's like the, an actual just Paddington doll <laughs> coat, well, and it that just would has like win-win. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I'll keep you posted. They, I should know by December third if they can redirect it to me. Wow. But it's just such a fucking mess. Ongoing and it's saga. all my fault. Yeah, and I'm afraid that I'm going to wait too long to see this coat, and I'm going to miss buying the coat at the price that you know i should have just bought it at <laughs> fuck 
internet is a cruel place. Have you had anything like that happen, yeah. Sean, where it's like too good to be true? It's uh, you're nodding uh, a lot, or maybe you're just like, wow, you are an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He kept nodding. I was like, wow. oh, you've done this too? <laughs> Please, someone else? Uh, no, I don't think I've had uh, uh, anything delivered to Surrey. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I recently uh, ordered a record. It was really, uh, really cool. It was like this like unique pressing that was going to come only to internet purchasers within a particular period of time. And um, yeah, it got delivered and somebody had stepped on it and, and the U.S. Postal Service had like totally tried to repackage it to make it look like no one had totally had, had destroyed it en route, which is, you know, it's just not like those people are not good at covering their tracks. So, but also they know that it, it doesn't matter because you're just going to call a, a customer service number in Tennessee and get a person who's like, what? You had some mail that didn't arrive perfectly who cares? So yeah, I haven't. You know what? I haven't had uh, anything like that that I can remember. Just yeah. some crappily delivered mail. That's all. And nothing you were responsible for yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to make me feel better. Uh, you know I'm what? sorry. That's okay. You know what would make me feel better? What? Finding out what kind of what kind of demon you guys would be. Yeah. if you could be a demon mm. uh, well uh, I was listening as we uh, uh, we were talking a pre-show in the green room <laughs> uh, I was talking about uh, listening to the Jen Sufeng Lee's um, episode that you guys did and and it was awesome for a whole bunch of reasons but that that Philippine demon who sucked embryos through door cracks and hid their <laughs> legs in cornfields during the day. <laughs> and that took it to a whole different level where I'm like, there's no demon that I could even, that I know yeah. about that would uh, possibly be that awesome. Um, but, it, you know, like uh, I played a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games growing up. And, and so I had all these like books of uh, various supernatural creatures with uh, attributes that people, like nerds, people like the beginning of a particular brand of nerddom in like the 70s and 80s when these guys were like, yeah, let's put some books together and, and let's invent some like scary creatures and give them characteristics that people can fight against in the comfort of their own home. So there's this one one demon that I really loved, um, and it was called the Gray Slad, S L A A D, and uh, it was the Lord of Entropy, oh. and I really really liked I really liked the Lord of Entropy uh, for a bunch of reasons because he was basically just a chaos lord, and he could just arrive and create 
um, scenarios where everything that you thought was going to happen disintegrated before your eyes. But I also liked him because he looked like a giant frog. Yeah. <laughs> in full body armor with like a, 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 a huge staff. And I was like, cool. that is the demon that I would like to be. I'd like to just like show, I would like to be a giant frog in armor um, and uh, show up and just basically destroy a person's day. There he is. <laughs> oh, wow. I love slide, him. The Lord of Entropy. Yes. I love him. It's like uh, we have on the podcast, we have a, uh, a fictional benevolent deity named Pleppo, uh, which is just like a large frog <laughs> that I have now incorporated into uh, my uh, D&D game that I play. But I, f- I feel like this great slad is... Uh, like the evil version of Pleppo. I love it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's, you're playing some D&D. What's, uh, what type of uh, character are you playing? I am a witch and I'm 69 years old and my name is Guinevere <laughs> uh, Moon Moonstone. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just tried to do, I learned I'm like a level seven and I just got a new... Uh, a portal spell and I I did it really badly and I fucked up this other witch's house and it was like sliding down a mountain and I feel really bad so oh no damn you fucked up another witch's house yeah but then I like conjured a like a a golem or like a a guy to help clean it up and <laughs> yeah <laughs> So we're working on it, but like she's really cool. And I'm sort of like, she's like 10 times older than I am. She's 690 years old. So I'm like, I really look up to her and I feel like I've let her down. I'm just like, (sighs) Oh my God. Is, is the other witch another player character? Like somebody sitting across the table from No, it's just like, okay. It's yeah. It's like a, just a, a character that our, our game master voices. Uh, but yeah, I play I play over Zoom and it's great. <laughs> nice. Did you ever play before? Like uh, in, in real life? IRL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did before before the pandemic started. We started like uh, over over a year ago, I guess, like last summer. And that was fun. But it's also like the only thing that cha- has changed is like, I guess we don't all share the same beverages and listen to the same background music yeah i like putting on like sci-fi fantasy music to have on the background to like give some layers to what's going on real real dorky like the tron soundtrack oh that would be good i've been playing mort garson he's like a synthesizer guy from the 70s he's he's cool anyway enough about that that is highly nerdy it's very yeah. I mean, I like I like sci-fi and fantasy. That's like that's my brand. That's I'm not gonna lie anymore. I play I play D and D. Alicia, what kind of demon would you be if you could be a demon? Okay, I got it. I would be an UGG boot demon. Oh. So when people would try on UGG boots in the store, they <laughs> they put their feet into them and immediately just hot wet sheep guts and blood would flow out of the boot onto them that's awful (laughs) yeah well they're slop buckets um and they're fur so i think that you know wow people don't realize that they're just like oh these are soft boots and i'm like they're fur would it be every single person who uh tries on an ugg boot would immediately uh be 
confronted with this or would it I'm, only be would it be selected it'd only be like i couldn't really make the rounds you know like i think i probably have to just like <laughs> stick to a couple of local stores like your yeah. your browns your whole the bay omnipresent yeah like it's a very like you'd ha- you couldn't do it at every store to you get in trouble like i get in trouble <laughs> how about softmark how do you feel about softmark do you think like maybe just lurking in the men's section at softmark might be a good idea do they wear uggs there i was just in softmark i saw a lot of uggs yeah okay sure softmark would be really like an unpretentious place to hang out yeah yeah i was kind of hoping to wreck the carpets at some places <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fine yeah, you can do Aldo. It's fine. Um, you know who was a customer of mine when I worked at the video store who wore Uggs was actor Alan Ruck. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He would come in wearing like sweatpants with Uggs. And I was like, mm. I am only going to let you get away with this because you're in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> like That's the only you look really bad. <laughs> That's a bad look, Alan Ruck. It is such a Hollywood uh, look. The first time I first time I saw um, Uggs in my whole life, it was Goldie Hawn was wearing them. Oh wow! She was wearing this huge, um, this huge sheepskin <laughs> coat and just she, sheepskin. She, yeah, pretty Head much. She actually like she looked really cool. I'd never seen anyone dressed like that before. It was like the early two thousands. She was Goldie Hawn. She yeah. was wearing like really cool jeans, these really cool weird suede boots. And she looked great. She was so, like, L.A. She's an yeah, L.A. So guy. The first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, I get this. This is a real look. And, like, her coat was, in, like, hand-embroidered. And she's Whoa. just filthy rich. She, she was nice. She's also nice. She, <laughs> a lot of, she had a lot of bangs. But, yeah. yeah, it's, like, a real real thing. I imagine they're really comfortable. Like, yeah, they but- just don't look very practical for a wet city. No. How do you feel about the toe shoes? Well, oh, gosh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was probably like one or two years left where I was fertile and then toe shoes came out. <laughs> and just Damn. <laughs> there they Can go. I tell you uh, uh, some, some stories about like retail things that were uh, semi-amusing? Sure. Sure. Uh, I serve Paula Abdul. Oh. Oh, wow. How was she as a, a customer? Uh, uh, highly excitable. Oh. Yes. Straight up now. Tell us. <laughs> I sold her a copy of The Zone. Oh. The diet book from 1996, maybe, mm-hmm. whenever that was. Mm-hmm. I can see the cover in my mind's eye. <laughs> I kicked uh, Tom Waits out of the art section of uh, Duffy's. Why? Oh. Uh, because we were closing and okay. he wouldn't leave. <laughs> um, he was looking at... Uh, books, uh, art books by a guy named Joel Peter Whitkin, who was a, a Mexican photographer of really, really gruesome photographs of uh, medical abnormalities. Okay. Yeah. That, time to go, Tom. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> good night. And you're like, you do his voice, you're like, good night. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I sold uh, Patrick Stewart a copy of Moby Dick. Classic. That's like so on brand for him. It'd be so great if he's like, I've never heard of this. This looks yeah, good. He's like, oh, any suggestions? 
Um, he was wearing like a ball cap pulled down way low and really trying to be super like chilly. Yes, yeah. You know, and I'm like, uh, and he, and it was like the Bantam 395 version of like the, 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 the little mass market paperback. And I was like, excuse me, sir, kind of feel like you have enough money to purchase the 3295 hardcover right over here. Yeah. Yeah. So drag that on an airplane. Or a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. USS Enterprise. Jessica, we missed your demon, though. I'm just going to be a demon that makes every single thing sticky. Oh, yeah. We have a new, our landlords, uh, which if this was a landlord nightmare podcast, I could have some updates. But one of the guys um, who sometimes is driving a Jaguar, sometimes is driving a Range Rover, dropped off a really huge, and it was very thoughtful, hand sanitizer for the hallway. But it's like an industrial size one. So when you pump it out, too much comes out. <laughs> and then today it was room temperature. So I didn't realize I was pumping anything. So I kept pumping it. And then I realized I had so much oh in my, my hands. So I had to like carefully open the doors and like take off the dog's leash. And then I went to put the dog's leash on later. And it was so tacky from this like crap that we're putting all over ourselves. Crap yeah. that I cherish right now. I cherish it. Keep yeah. using it. But yeah, that's good. Sticky. I just hate the feeling of sticky things. Like when I was a kid, yeah. my dad would put uh, honey in his coffee and just literally everything in our kitchen would be sticky with honey. And I don't understand how other people don't feel it or don't care about it. And I'm like, you've literally r- contaminated every surface and it feels terrible. So it's a very dirty feeling. It's just a bad tactile time. I only buy creamed honey because of that. Oh. It doesn't get like that. So what's the difference between devils and demons? Mm. Like are demons just mostly supposed to perturb you? And whereas yeah. devils are like super evil and like conducting things and demons are just like bothering people all the time. I mean, it's really up to you. Like we, I don't know. I feel like there's, I guess there are. I always m- thought there was like just one devil. Yeah, but like. Ghouls, goblins, imps. I'm looking it up on uh, a blueletterbible.org. No, get off of there. <laughs> yeah. Get off I just of get, there. I get sucked into the phone on the podcast. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're going to lawnmower a man yourself. Mm-hmm. Should we do Puppo of the Week? <laughs> so they say that there's only one devil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, of course the Bible's going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I know you know that I know that you know that I love being right. So that was a it's nice official. moment for me. <laughs> There's yeah, one I read devil. I read one <laughs> one blurb and I didn't even read it properly. I just got to one devil and I was like, okay. And somehow you've ordered another coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, guys, I really blew it. It's gonna be yeah. fine. Everything's gonna work out just fine. It's gonna show up and it's gonna smell like mothballs because it's gonna be in, have been in storage and like. Since 1975. Just hang it up um, in your bathroom for like a month. Then. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Give it to um, Hank. I heard that the way to get rid of that smell is dry cleaning. Ah, uh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> classic. I, don't, I think I've had like three things dry cleaned in my entire life. Yeah, that's three things more than me. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really old fashioned. Okay, it's, Puppo? It's, yes. My Puppo is dry cleaning. <laughs> Sean, who's your, who's your Puppo of the week? 
Uh, well, Oliver, who I yeah. just like, I had to like, while we were talking, I had to be like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Because Oliver, as a bunny is wont to do, is like, oh, look at this like thing that looks like a rope in the forest. Perhaps I should chew on that. I thought that might be why why you were like, all of a sudden your eyes went oh, wide. And yeah. I was like, oh no, the bunny's chewing on a cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bunny was like, I'm gonna, oh, maybe I'll chew on this book. I'm like, the books are fine. Although I am pissed off about that, that you're chewing on that. And then <laughs> it was like, I'm gonna lose microphone. <laughs> I'm gonna lose audio. <laughs> After all your hard work. After everything that happened. Yeah, so, you know, Oliver, uh, it's uh, Papo of the Week. Um, I'm also impressed that Arsenal Pulp Press just decided to uh, create an entire Instagram account just dedicated to animals that they know. Oh. Yeah, I owe them a picture of Hank. I'm just waiting for the right lighting. That sounds great. Yeah. Like, that'll be mid-spring, it'll be late March. That's when the perfect lighting for Hank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's tough to photograph. Um, so that's Arsenal Pups. Yeah. Yeah, I'm following it now. Amazing. Thank you for informing me about this. So yeah, cute. Yeah, Oliver will be on there at some point, I'm sure. Nice. Lighting. I look forward. We're waiting for the, the, the correct lighting again. Yeah, it's tough. Um, when you were telling Oliver to stop doing something, I was really confused because I thought you were going to pick up Oliver. <laughs> and you had told us how skittish they were at the top of the podcast. And I was like, well, you're not going to get Oliver clapping at them like this like i know you're excited but i think you're blowing it like take it a bit easy and then you didn't come back with oliver and i was like i knew you were gonna fuck it up it's gonna be too loud (laughs) jessica on the other hand kind of got it where i didn't i know right before we started the podcast i was yelling at at hank about something because he'll just stand and stare at me and it makes me feel so guilty although he's had walks he's had dinner He's had cuddles. He's been in new bedding. He will just stare at me. And I was like, just just sit down. And I thought Jessica (laughs) could hear me. And I've never been like so relieved that the audio was off. Because I was like, fuck, (laughs) stop. There's something something beautiful about just watching someone whose audio is off on Zoom freak the fuck out silently. And you're just like. (laughs) (laughs) It's relatable. Yeah, let's not bring that up. Yeah. I really like it when people... Like we in we have a lot of Zoom meetings at work, but the turning off the camera is like so respectful, and for so many different reasons. And we have a I have a coworker who never eats on camera, and she makes a point. She's like, "I'll be on camera when I'm done eating lunch." Um, <laughs> and then I have another coworker that would never occur to them that eating a complete meal on Zoom is maybe not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'll do, quickly do my puppo. My puppo is Hank Tobin. He's uh, my best friend. He's the best dog. Love him so much. And he just had his first therapeutic massage with Marta, who works out of Discover Dogs. And that's the life. That's my life that I lead. I investigate alternative therapies for myself and my dog. Amazing. Um, yeah, I love him so much. He's uh, got a lot of pain. Jessica, mm. yes. who's your puppo? I went on a walk last night with Jay late at night, hoping to see our friend Stanley, who is a cat. Uh, but we didn't because it's too cold for cats and too wet. But we did see a family of five raccoons and they were so sweet. And Aww. we got real close to one of them and then they climbed a tree. <gasps> so those are my puppos of the week. Oh, so sweet. Well, this has been Retail Nightmares Podcast. Sean, you do tons of stuff. You've got a, uh, you're great on Twitter. You, um, you have lots of projects on the go. Do you want to fill us in? 
Yeah. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can uh, you can find my ramshackle website at seancranberry.com. Uh, I do a um, literary reading series that's been going on since 2010 with Retail Nightmares, uh, Compadre, uh, Dina Delbuchia. And you can find out more about that at realvancouver.org. I think our next event is going to be on a Sunday afternoon. Ooh. We're going to, yeah, we're going to do a December because what else do people have to do? In the really? old days, we used to do live events where, you, you know, we tried to figure out, like, should we do it on a Wednesday or a Thursday night? When are people going to be available? But now we're like, people are always available. We're going to do it online on, I think, December 20th. I think that's a, a Sunday. And we do some of the best writers in the country and uh, from Vancouver as well. And yeah, come down to Pulp Fiction and shoot the shit and order some books and wear a mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These are all good things. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on, yeah. uh, Jessica. Yes. If you want to buy some merch, you can get a tote bag to carry around your books that you buy from Pulp Fiction Books uh, at retailnightmares.bigcartel.com. There's other stuff up on there, too. There's zines and plays and other stuff. And you can donate if you have extra funds at patreon.com slash retail nightmares, but absolutely no pressure whatsoever. We love you just as is. No yeah. money required. No money, still honey. <laughs> no honey stickiness, though. But though it's it's cream. Yeah, it's creamed just honey. creamy cream, cream only, please. Cream first. Yeah. Like never feel pressure about Patreon. I know we say that every time. Yeah. I really want to drive it home, though. Uh, yeah. Alicia, if people want to buy your book. You can buy it anywhere. You can order it from Pulp Fiction. Um, they were out the last time I was in. I was really embarrassed for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you can find it just about anywhere. It's called So You're a Little Sad, So What? Nice Things to Say to Yourself on Bad Days. The fastest way and most profitable way, if you want to you know, give the publisher the most amount of money, um, is to order directly from Arsenal Pulp Press. They are such a wonderful place. Um, they are the best. Yeah, they're so great. And you can follow me on Twitter or you can follow my fashion account, Farmer Ma'am, on Instagram. I've noticed a few new followers. Welcome. Also, I've noticed a few followers sneak into my private account. But I mean, if you look nice, I'll probably let you follow me. <laughs> um, so, Sean, it's been such a pleasure having you, Jessica. I just love you to death. And uh, to our listeners, we love you so much. And hang in there. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.